Hi, I'm Nicole Ferraro, and this is The Divide, a podcast from Light Reading exploring the ongoing digital divide, why and where it still exists, and what needs to be done to get people everywhere connected to reliable, high-speed internet. Today, I am joined by Bill Long, Chief Product Officer at Zayo. Back in June, Zayo was awarded $92.9 million for three different projects through the NTIA's $1 billion Middle Mile program. We discuss where and why Zayo is building middle mile infrastructure, the status of those projects, how the company is collaborating with local ISPs in the lead up to bead funding and more. Bill, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. So um, I'm having, I have you on here today uh, to talk about a pretty specific project related to the Middle Mile grant program, but let me offer some context here. Uh, Back in June, the NTIA announced over $930 million in Middle Mile grant awards, um, and that included $92.9 million for Zayo across three projects. Uh, You guys were definitely the the big winner in that pile of funding. Um, So I would love to just hear from your perspective a bit more about those grants um, and where they're covering Middle Mile infrastructure structure in the U.S. and your plans for those projects? Sure. So the, the grants we had were basically three major routes. Uh, the first one was going from Umatilla in, in Oregon down to Reno. The second one is going from Dallas to El Paso. And the third one is from Dallas to Atlanta. Um, the, the first two that I mentioned, so the Umatilla to Reno and the Dallas to El Paso are actually new builds uh, that go through a lot of rural, uh, you know, in underserved communities. Um, and so part of those routes, of course, were, you know, part of the, the, the strategy here is you wanted to make sure there were routes that both the A end and the B end were larger metros that were more interesting. But along the way, um, they, of course, touch a lot of communities that are underserved. So mm-hmm. those first two routes are actually going to be new builds for us. And then for the, the route from Atlanta to Dallas, those are actually we're going to be doing. Uh, we have fiber there already that goes that route, but we're going to be putting new breakouts or basically exit ramps out of our fiber to serve a lot of communities uh, in those areas. Um, so th- those are the, the routes. Um, I should mention that you know this, this, these routes are super expensive to build. So $92 million is a lot of money, uh, but it's only a small portion of what the total cost of these routes actually is. So one of the things I really like about this program is it just it's really good public policy. It basically was taking routes that were really on the bubble of what would otherwise get commercially funded you know, without them. Um, but they, they frankly, there was the business case wasn't strong enough to do them without without this just additional push from the funding dollars. Um, so with these additional dollars, we can both add additional breakouts to the lower served communities and actually prove in the routes. So I think it's, um, you know, across the board, I think it's pretty good policy. Excellent. Um, and in terms of the, the amount, uh, do you have a total amount for these projects? And are you going to be looking for other grant funding or, or will it be a match situation from your end? That's a that's a good question. You know, we we do think that with this additional funding for these routes, um, there is enough demand that that we, it's otherwise commercially viable. So we think we're we're good to go on these specific okay. routes. There are some other routes that we would love to be able to do. So I think, you know, I, the the middle mile program, it, like I said, it's just great. It's really good policy. Um, but we're also looking forward to bead and other other programs. Um, because we have a couple other routes in mind as well that we'd love to, to go and do. So while I think it's a great start, um, I think there's a lot more to come and a lot more opportunity for, for servants from underserved communities. Um, with really, like, you think on a, on a in grand scale, like on a public good kind of basis, the amount of money that you spend to enable internet in these communities relative to the good that it can have for those communities. So I think it's, again, a little bit of 
of funding, a little bit of push from the government can really help these be commercially viable. And you have an order of magnitude impact on you know, for those communities that are served. Absolutely. Um, and you know, I've heard from others that uh, the Middle Mile program is very exciting, but it's maybe not enough funding, you know, $1 billion for Middle Mile versus $42.5 billion for BEAD. Um, you know, th there yeah. may be uh, some, some greater need. I don't know if you see that as well, uh, a need for some more Middle Mile funding. No, I think you de there'll definitely be more, more need for, for Middle Mile. It's kind of, you know, with the BEAD funding that's primarily focused on the local ISPs, that's certainly going to be needed. Um, but it's kind of if you if you create a high speed you know you know high speed highway in one location and doesn't and, it, and you get onto a country road um, you know to get out of that that high speed region you know that doesn't work either. So I think you know we might be headed towards a scenario where you have great local connectivity, but it's going to be throttled by the lack of middle mile. Um, yeah, so I think okay. we're going to need more middle mile funding for sure. So coming back to um, the grants that you all won, uh, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but I was curious to drill down uh, into. The, why these areas in particular, yeah. you know, you mentioned that you need to have um, the ability to, uh, for it to be a capital, capitally uh, friendly place yeah. to build, but also you want to reach un, unserved, underserved, obviously that's what the program's looking to do. Um, are you also considering, you know, where bead providers might be building out? I'm just curious to know yeah. like what goes into uh, looking at a map saying, here are all the places we'd like to build, um, but this is where we're going to go in for grant funding. Yeah, I mean, we we really focused on the routes that that we thought where the communities had the biggest need, mm -hmm. um, and so we also, of course, looked at where there's, you know, so we we always keep a, a list of here are the routes that are interesting for us commercially. Um, so we have a always a standing list of you know fifty to sixty routes that that we would love to go do, and we overlaid those kind of wish list routes through a matrix of where's the highest need, and we focused our applications where we looked at a combination of you know, um, counties that are served, what's the poverty rate in those counties? A great, you know, we're, we're the largest E-rate, uh, and E-rate is a, another government uh, uh, program that builds out to schools, uh, provides funding to help the bailouts in schools. And the way that they do that is they look at the um, school lunch program. What's the, what's the portion of schools um, and whose students are under the, under the subsidized lunch program? So we use that as well. We looked at counties where there was a high portion of of subsidized lunches, because that's just a good indication of, of communities that are in need. Um, and then we also looked at the median broadband speed, how much capacity is available with the local ISPs uh, to identify those communities with the highest need, overlapped with where we saw there was commercial opportunity. Uh, but really, we, we it was these applications specifically were um, needs focused. And I think that's why you know, Zayo, Zayo had a, you know, one more than our fair share of these, because we, we took that focus of of trying to find those communities that had, that had the biggest need. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, okay. So the awards were announced in June. Um, what does that actually kick off for you? And how, when do you actually get the funding? What yeah. status is this project in? Um, what yeah. can you tell me has happened since the news broke in June that you were getting these grants? Yep. So, so the, the process is you, you get the grants. Then of course we have our own business cases that are associated with these and we're we're going through and getting all of our capital, internal capital project approvals, getting all of that squared away. You got to have your environmental studies and get the contractors lined up and get the equipment ordered. Um, so, you know, we're, we're talking about, um, you know, I can't remember what the total number of miles. I think it's like 3,100 miles or, or something like that. It's a lot of miles, right? It takes a lot of fiber. It takes a lot of permitting. Um, so these are projects that are going to deliver over a two to five year period. And so this really just is kicking off in earnest that, that, 
that planning process that's associated with it. Um, it's also picking off some other interesting things back to your previous question about what are you doing, sort of coordinating with local, um, you know, local communities, um, as well as associated with BEAD. Uh, one of the things that we're doing is the BEAD funding is, is, you, you know, is a little bit different, where it's coming from a lot of ISPs. Um, so we're with, not only for these routes, but more in general, we're, we're launching uh, kind of what I call a bead in a box program, where um, a lot of these local ISPs aren't, you know, they're not going to be well informed on how to apply for bead funding and what the government process looks like and how they actually go through all of that. Um, so we're launching a program, it's, its official name is like Zeo Broadband Infrastructure Deployment Alliance or something. I hope there's an acronym just yeah, to add to the list of acronyms yeah. we keep track of here. <laughs> but it's kind of cool. So it's, it's beat in a box that we're going to go to local ISPs and be like, here's how you apply. We'll be your partner for it. Um, and I, and I'm, I'm super excited about that because it's, it's you know, sort of given the, given the small guys a little bit of a leg up to really compete in a different way. Yeah, and I would imagine they would be thrilled to see that given your success applying for grants, uh, that, that they would be happy to have you as a partner on, on their grant applications for BEAD. Um, so you mentioned, um, you know, you're sort of in the process of the, or the early stages, which includes acquiring equipment, I think. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about the state of your supply for these projects? And, you know, generally speaking for, for broadband projects, uh, it is a concern yeah. for many in the industry, um, as, as particularly with the Buy America rules. But I know there was yeah. a reasonable waiver uh, that NTIA put out for that. So hope maybe you're happy. I don't know. Tell me your your, yeah. your thoughts on the state of supply and how it's affecting you guys with regard to this build? Yeah, so I think, I mean, the world is getting back to a little bit more normal. Um, so as I mentioned, even just the permitting and, and other parts of this process, it can be, it was relatively long. So the, the equipment right now is not the long pole in the tent. The, it's mm -hmm. getting getting all of the other logistics lined up that you need to get get lined up for, for huge projects like this. Um, but for so just for order of magnitude, uh, you know, uh, fiber is, is about at a 12-month kind of lead time. So we think that's fine. The electronics have come down. Um, in the six to twelve month, um, or I'm sorry, in the in the four to six month kind of time frame, um, so those are those are coming in to be reasonable. One of the interesting pinch points is construction. Um, so you know, as there's you know, these aren't the only uh, you know kind of infrastructure project going on in the United States now. So you're you know, I think um, commercial construction um, uh, was up over 100 percent year over year. So it's the you know, although it's in different industries, it's a lot of times very similar types of contractors and construction firms you need to do this um, so look luckily as a as a national provider we have tons of experience and, and lots of different vendors that we work with on the construction front uh, but i think that's going to be one of the tight areas that we need to really uh, manage well over the next you know couple of years as we bring these projects to fruition yeah, absolutely. Um, and coming back to, you know, you mentioned working, preparing some stuff for local for local ISPs in the lead up to BEAD. You mentioned working with um, local communities a little bit. I'd, I'd like to zero in on that a, a bit more just to get a better sense of, um, you know, when you win a grant to go build middle mile infrastructure across these states, are you all have you already engaged in talks with their broadband offices or their local legislatures, for example? Are you, you know, coordinating to understand local, per like you were already re referring yeah. to permitting? What level of engagement do you get, uh, do you engage in on the municipal level pre-filling uh, out grant applications versus post? And what does that engagement look like right now? Yeah, so it does vary a little bit on the different routes. So for the two routes that are, that are green build, 
anytime you're doing a greenfield build like that, there's pretty deep local, both state and uh, county coordination that needs to get required. So we are kicking all of those processes off. We have, you know, we have a pretty strong network already. And most, you know, these are across eight different states. So we do have pretty good relationships in those states already. So mm-hmm. more than anything, it's not starting brand new relationships. It's basically leveraging a lot of those relationships that we, that we already have um, in order to get these these projects um, rolling. But I think what is different is how we're engaging with all the local ISPs, um, where these are, you know, there's obviously a commercial incentive for Zeo while, you know, we, we're building all these exit ramps off the network, um, you know, that's opening up demand for us. So it's in our best interest to go in and call on these, these you know, do a business development and sales effort to go and make sure these ISPs know that we're available and, you know, the biggest, you know, lanes to the internet are now in their backyard. So we're we're going to be kicking off business development um, and engagement programs to, to, to engage with them. Very cool. Okay. And then just one final question for you. You've sort of already touched on this, but um, it does sound like all of this is, you know, pretty transformative for in terms of, you know, what your business will look like in the future and other service providers uh, have, will have opportunities in areas that were maybe not viable before. Um, just, I would love to get your reflection on what the middle mile program and bead means for uh, connectivity in this country and how you guys at Zayo are looking, you know, let's say five years out at uh, how your business evolves as we change this, the, you know, the face of connectivity here. Yeah. I think there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of big macro trends that are going on right now. I think there's a, there's a really strong trend on sort of the reindustrialization of North America. Mm-hmm. And that reindustrialization is going to require, you know, it's going to be reindustrialization with, with sort of American attributes, right? So it's, it's going to be a high level of automation, high level of connectivity. Um, and, and for that to really work in the communities where it's, you know, and people will want to go where, you know, I mentioned um, Umatilla and some of these communities that you're like, Umatilla, it's, you know, power is, there's really uh, cost-effective power in some of these places where you're going to want to be putting data centers and, and other things. So I think, um, I think in terms of the larger sort of American industrial policy of bringing more jobs back. Um, I think bead funding and middle mile is going to have to be a big part of that because if you just have reindustrialization without connectivity, you're missing sort of the the key American attributes of what's actually going to make that work, which is your high level of automation and and, and, and technology. Um, so I I'm I think that that the combination of middle mile bead funding and the overarching you know Chips Act it does you know the whole industrial sort of reinvigoration of North America um, is going to be kind of an ecosystem of, of, of programs that are coordinated by the government, um, where I think you're going to end up in a, in a, in a pretty interesting spot where, um, you know, you'll have an industrial base in, in the U.S. that's going to be hard for anywhere else in the world to compete with, um, but it's going to be, you know, really enabled by these connectivity solutions. So um, I think it's headed in a pretty interesting spot. All right, cool. Well, that's a good optimistic place to leave it. Thank you so much, Bill. I really appreciate your time and I'll be keeping up with this project. Great. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thank you again, Bill, for joining me. Thank you as well to our producer, Pierre Landreau, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more episodes of The Divide, as well as interviews and insights from the Light Reading team. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.